Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the IVSA Livecast. Today I'm joined by Fiona Allen who will be talking about her experience of working abroad as a vet. Welcome to the podcast Fiona, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. So to start off the podcast it would be great if you could walk through your career to date including the work um, you've done abroad. Yep, sure. So I graduated from um, the Dick Vet School in Edinburgh um, in 2006, so a little while ago. Um, and when I graduated, I went travelling for a few months. Um, I knew that I wanted to just take a bit of time out before starting looking for a job. Um, so I did that, which was great. And then came back to the UK after a few months and I got my first job in a wonderful um, mixed practice in a little market town in Hertfordshire, um, which was just, yeah, the best starting place for me. And I did um, about a year and a half there. And then that was when I then looked to um, go and working in Australia. Um, and I um, spent a year in a very rural mixed practice in South Australia. Um, and then I moved to a more urban small animal role and was there for a couple of years um, before moving back to the UK for a little while again. Um, so I came home to the UK for a year, did some locum work and a short term um, vet job in Scotland. Um, and then I moved to South Africa and um, I knew that I wanted to um, look into welfare um, vetting when I was over there because there's so much opportunity for it. So I um, started as a locum at the Cape of Good Hope SPCA in Cape Town um, and then was asked to be permanent there. So um, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. Um, and then basically moved back home to the UK in 2015 and um, for a few years really I'd had it in the back of my mind that I perhaps had a PhD in me, I had sort of research interests and um, so yeah, the kind of the stars aligned and I, I found a, a fantastic studentship um, back at Edinburgh again and um, so I did a four year PhD that I've just been awarded this year. And that sort of led me into um, wanting to be more involved in um, international development research. Um, so that's sort of what I'm, I'm involved in now with, a, with an international NGO. So that's kind of my, yeah, my whirlwind career. Um, wow, that, I mean, that sounds incredible. And congratulations on the PhD. Um, <laughs> amazing to be going to Australia, to South Africa and all over. Um, I think that's a lot of vet students' dreams. Um, why did you decide to work abroad? What what was your what was your motive? So really, it was it was really personal. Really, um, the, the the boyfriend I had at the time was <laughs> South African, and he had spent a gap year in Australia and had loved it and was quite interested to see if that might be somewhere that um, you know we could sort of spend you know longer time. So we went. That's why it was specifically South Australia. He had friends there and um so yeah for, so for me I was you know totally up for it I saw it as sort of an opportunity and adventure um and then similarly when we then went to South Africa it was that was sort of his his home country so um yeah I suppose it was some somewhat directed by him but I was um yeah you know keen keen to sort of to go along for the experience so yep that's it sounds absolutely brilliant <laughs> Martha, do you think there are more opportunities to develop as a vet when working abroad so I think it depends on your interests. I think um, on one hand, something I definitely noticed was that 
certainly in Australia and South Africa, there are far fewer pets insured in practice. So I think that that could be a little bit limiting, perhaps, you know, if you're in you know, sort of normal practice, um, that might perhaps limit work up a little bit. I'm not suggesting that standards are not as good, but um, I just found that that was quite a, a big difference. Um, I think, though, if you have particular interests, so for example, in wildlife, I mean, the native wildlife in, you know, both Australia and South Africa is just amazing. So certainly opportunities there that are a bit different to here. Um, I sort of got to work with um, baby wombats and injured koalas and kangaroos and sort of all the classics. And that's really, that will never um, sort of grow old. You know, it's just sort of so novel for someone who's grown up in Scotland to be dealing with animals like that. Um, so that's certainly an opportunity. And then similarly, if you're interested in, you know, sort of more exotic infectious diseases, which is something I have become more interested in now, then there's obviously a lot more of them. Um, and also welfare. So working in a country like South Africa, that where there is sort of a greater need for welfare, then absolutely for me that that was an, a fantastic opportunity that I don't think I really would have had the same experience had I, you know, sort of been working in the UK. Um, so yeah, from my perspective, I, I've seen those elements as opportunities. But I do think it's, I think it's, it depends a little bit on your interests. You know, it's sort of if there are particular interests you have then you can really gain from the overseas experience. But if you were just want to be in, you know, in a, in a good general practice, then really it can be quite similar to here. So, um, yeah. Amazing, thank you. Just to follow on from that, do you think that British vets have a good reputation overseas? And do you think that overseas experience is valued highly back in the UK? So yes, definitely think the British vets have a good reputation overseas. Um, I think sort of there's a kind of an appeal or an interest with the UK, uh, quite a few colleagues that I had working overseas, you know, it was kind of on their list to do, oh, we want to go and work in the UK. And so I think, um, yeah, there's, I, and I definitely always felt sort of, um, you know, well regarded as, as coming from a British, um, you know, British vet school. Um, and then I think again, how we're, how we're valued, or so overseas experience, how it's valued here. Again, I think it depends sort of on the setting. I think maybe for a lot of practices, you know, well, yes, you've gone off and done some overseas, but so long as you're, you know, good at your job, then it, you know, it doesn't necessarily count for a lot. Um, I think though that again, you can gain particular skills um, that you might not otherwise have got. So from my side, um, when I was in South Africa, I was seeing patients daily with tick-borne disease that I wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't not have got that experience in the UK um, back then. And um, so that then led me on to sort of, you know, doing my PhD, which was in tick-borne disease. So I wouldn't have had that opportunity otherwise. Um, and then similarly, I think with the the welfare role as well had i not had that sort of welfare experience then i wouldn't probably have got into the the sort of you know the, the roles that i'm doing now so i do think that that's valued but i think almost more it, like aside from being a vet i think it just the overseas experience just broadens your mind um, and sort of helps you mature as a person and then i think by having those skills they can then strengthen you as a vet so yeah i, I think that's that would be my impression that was a really great answer. Thank you. Um, how do you think that work or how do the working conditions overseas compare to the UK in your experience? So I think very similar in, in sort of private practice. Um, so in my jobs in, in Australia, um, both of them, they were in, you know, sort of very well set up practices. Um, you know, everything's similar layout, similar equipment, maybe some different drug names. Um, I think... Um, 
in Australia, I think I went out perhaps naively with the notion that they seem to have this great work-life balance. But in fact, I think looking back, I've probably never worked harder than I did in certainly <laughs> my rural job there. Um, it was it was really tough, sort of a really tough on-call rota. Um, you know, it was it was fine, but. Um, so yeah, but I think overall very similar. I think with my welfare job in South Africa, I think that was probably much more minimal. Um, sort of the conditions compared to the UK um, was sort of quite startling initially, actually. But um, yeah, I suppose that's quite specific to to a welfare role. Um, you know, there's sort of less diagnostics, um, more soul charge, um, you know, more sort of upsetting cases just due to the nature of the work. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily due to being overseas that was just because it was you know it was welfare work um yeah great thank you and just to follow on from the previous question um do vets abroad approach their clients in the same way as the uk in like day-to-day -day practices for example performing surgeries and administering vaccinations you know euthanasia yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the only little thing I could suggest that was maybe slightly different was um, when I was um, at the SPCA, we obviously did tons of sterilizations and um, I would had been doing sort of, I was trained to do flank space and cats, but in there, they were just all doing the midline and eventually I sort of said, why, why don't we do them flank? And sort of, I sort of you know, showed them how I'd been taught and we changed to doing flanks. So I think that was just, I mean, that's just a small example, but that was one, you know, quite sort of striking difference. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I'd say it's all all very similar from my experience. That's really, really interesting. Um, <laughs> in terms of finding jobs, um, do you know of any international recruitment sites? Um, and how, how do graduates go about finding international job opportunities? So from my experience, I used um, an agency called VetLink. Um, and so obviously this was some time ago, this was sort of 2008. Um, but they, I think, particularly help um, the sort of UK Southern Hemisphere link. Um, so placing UK vets in Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, particularly. Um, and they were fantastic. If, you know, they were yeah, professional, helpful. They seemed to sort of um, you know, they help match you to what you're looking for. Um, and then their fee is paid by the employing practice that you end up with. So, um, it, you know, it's not, there wasn't a cost to me as far as I can remember. Um, so yeah, they, they were, I don't know who sort of the competition is now, but certainly VetLink were, were very good um, back then. That's great, thank you. For a British graduate who wants to work abroad, do they need to register with like the respecting governing bodies in those countries and any regulatory authorities? Or if you're applying through VetLink, would they do it for you? So when I when I did all of this, um, I needed to do all the sort of registration myself. Perhaps not, I wouldn't be surprised if agencies do help with all of that nowadays. Um, but they're definitely still you know fees involved that I think that this you know the graduate will have to um to, to to deal with so what I needed was um a RCVS letter of good standing um for both Australia and South Africa and then you register with the respective veterinary associations um and certainly I was just looking up there sort of the current fees for South Australia and it's sort of when once you've paid your initial registration fee and your annual membership fees it's sort of coming to more than 500 pounds so you know it's um it's it it does it's expensive but I guess it's you know we we pay our pay our fees here as well um I can't remember what the South African fees were and I think a letter of good standing is about 16 pounds um and then as well as that you sort of you have to just show um 
you know, proof of identity and, um, yeah, sort of, you know, your degree certificate. Um, but yeah, and there were no, for me, there were no other exams. I think that would have been a deal breaker. Um, I think I was very happy to go and practice in a country that, you know, fully recognised the British qualification. Um, I, yeah, I really had a lot of respect for my peers who were all sitting the sort of um, North American um, veterinary board exams. Um, uh, yeah, so no exams for Australia or South Africa, but definitely have to register. Amazing, thank you. You mentioned earlier that um, before you started work, um, you were traveling. Did you find it difficult to get back into work after your little hiatus? No, not at all. Um, so I took maybe four months off and um, went to Australia, New Zealand, um, parts of Asia. And um, no, I, I, you know, I was looking, I knew what I was looking for. I wanted a sort of classic mixed practice job. I didn't mind where it was. Um, I had went to quite a, quite a lot of interviews in up in Scotland down in England all over and I was offered a lot of positions which was lovely but just none of them were quite right and then you know when I found this one that I did I knew it was right for me and it was it was a good fit um so no I I didn't find that there was you know any problem with me having taken time out and um yeah you know had some some nice job offers so it was fine that's really great to hear because I know lots of um, vet students who didn't have time to take a gap year prior to uni and are really keen to travel afterwards. So it's great to hear that um, it's not too difficult to get back into work and not that not my experience no I, I, I was the same I you know want that was my little sort of compressed gap year and um, I really felt strongly about doing it I knew I wanted to just have you know have some time out after you know kind of finals and everything and um yeah, and I, I'm very glad I did. And yeah, I didn't find it held me back at all. Um, so Amazing. Um, what would you say is the, um, the most enjoyable thing that you have experienced from working abroad? Uh, gosh, I think, I mean, I, I think in a way it sounds a bit cliche, but perhaps just all, you know, all the amazing colleagues that I've met and wouldn't otherwise have met, um, just a really diverse bunch of, you know, mostly wonderful people. Um, and in particular, I think even the vet nurses, I just think I've yeah come across so many veterinary nurses in, in all my jobs and they're just, yeah, the most special people. Um, so yeah, obviously I've had wonderful clinical experience and things that I wouldn't otherwise with, as I say, sort of native wildlife and things that are kind of um, unique to those countries. But I think just, um, yeah, just the experience of meeting, you know, more colleagues um, who are still friends, even though we're all, you know, far apart. So that was probably the, yeah, the most interesting um, or the most, you know, the most special thing. That's really lovely. <laughs> to round off the podcast episode for today, uh, what would you say is the most important thing that you've learned about the global vet profession since graduating? So I think in a way this kind of comes back to what I was talking about just now about the people. I think just the kind of, I think that the, the global vet profession is, you know, it's we're a diverse bunch, but also very similar sort of compassionate, hardworking people. Um, and I think that, you know, certainly a UK vet degree, it really is a passport to sort of experience the global profession. Um, it's a well-regarded degree. And um, yeah, I, I think... Just, yeah, so it's just really the, the, the people that, you know, although we're all very different, there's a real sort of similarity to us as well and within this sort of global, global profession. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Fiona, for taking the time to be with us today. Um, a really amazing insight into uh, working abroad, um, traveling, meeting new people, but also being able to come back home and have 
um, completely new experiences, for, um, especially um, you working on your PhD on tick-related uh, tick diseases, which you learned abroad and you were able to take back home. That's a really, really nice, um, a really nice message to everyone. So thank you yeah. so much for being here today. It's a pleasure. I'd like to say a big thank you to you for listening and for all your support. Don't forget to check out the IVSA Liverpool Facebook page for updates on new episodes and feel free to drop us a question if you have any. If you are enjoying the IVSA Livecast, please subscribe and share with all your friends. Thank you.